0: Hey friends, Brad Hussey here. Welcome to episode number seven of the Marketing Honestly show. This episode's gonna be an interesting and fun one. It's all about webinars. So strap in. (laughs) What just happened? Let's keep it. Hey my friend, welcome to Marketing Honestly, a podcast that attempts to answer the question... Can you make a good living as an online marketer without sacrificing your integrity, values, and faith? Or are internet-powered entrepreneurs simply destined for sketchy sales tactics, false scarcity, and hypey marketing in order to succeed? I believe it's possible to build ethical and sustainable online businesses that place people before profit and service above sales. My name is Brad Hussey, and I'm on a mission to make honest marketing the best marketing. So this episode is inspired by a question I got from a gentleman named Keith, and he said, I was going deep into the webinar sales format, and I've been on the receiving end of a fair number of these. I've also heard marketers say that you should pretend to be giving a solution for free, but really you should hold back on just enough specifics so they have to buy your product at the end to make practical use of what you're teaching. Sounds shady. How should this model look to the ethically minded? How much info should you give away? How upfront should you be about your sales pitch when you're promoting it? Is this format tired or is it still effective? So this is a really good group of questions all around sales webinars. And is the format that everybody seems to use still effective? Is it tired? Is it shady? Now I'm going to dig really deep into this in this episode. It's going to be a little bit more of an in-depth episode than the past few. But before I do that, I want to take a quick moment to toot your horn. So first of all, I just want to thank everybody who takes the time to listen to the podcast. And especially for those of you who take that extra time to leave a rating and a review, it's really helpful. It keeps me on track to let me know that one, people are listening. And two, you know, it's like a temperature test to let me know if I'm, you know, addressing the right topics and answering the right questions. And so this is one of the latest ones from Lindsay on Apple Podcasts from the US says, before Brad announced his new podcast, I was reading several books and articles on marketing and getting very discouraged. It didn't sit right with me that many authors justify using manipulative tactics and act like it's completely normal. The world needs more people like Brad discussing the ethics of marketing. Seriously, I was super excited for this podcast and the first episodes have been engaging, humorous, and a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to more. Thank you so much Lindsay, I really appreciate your support. And here's one more from Shannon in Bellingham, Washington. It says the online marketing world needs this podcast. Listening to listening to the first episode was like a breath of fresh air. Really at 8 months into my freelance copywriting business, I felt like my soul was slowly being crushed by the marketing tactics of companies trying to sell me on a lifestyle or tell me the only way to make real money is through creating courses or sending me a monthly email of their bank statement. I was getting Caught up in this and it made me start questioning my business choice coaching for coaches a course on creating courses am I taking crazy pills I just want to be able to work hard and grow my business without feeling gross about it geez so very seriously and sincerely thank you Brad for putting this podcast out there you've renewed the faith of at least one burned out newbie that honesty has a place in online marketing in 2020 and that I'm not taking crazy pills hands really appreciate that thank you so much everyone for listening and and taking the time to leave a review if you want to do that if you're listening in apple podcasts or wherever you're listening if you can leave a review please uh do so if you feel so inclined or you can just send me an email just to let me know what you what you think about the podcast all right let's jump back into the episode all right. So this question that came from Keith regarding the ethics and honesty or lack thereof in the sales webinar process inspired me to write a full guide on the marketing honesty website. So if you just go to marketinghonesty.com slash guides, and then click on the honest guide to sales webinars, that guide is what inspired this podcast episode. So if you want to read that, you can also do that as well. So webinars are a powerful tool for audience growth, marketing, sales training and education there's just no doubt about it there's not a single online marketing strategy that i know of that can in a matter of 60 minutes tell your story establish trust with a cold audience or deepen trust with an already established audience teach a valuable skill or concept and then generate multiple new customers it's like a a miracle marketing tool but with that great power comes great responsibility And There's a lot to know about webinars, so what I'm going to do here in this episode is I'm going to dive into these questions that Keith asked me in the email about the ethics and honesty and the format, and we're going to talk about webinars in general, but more specifically, we're going to really dig into the sales webinar format. So First of all, what is a webinar? For those of you who don't know, that's totally fine. A webinar is a seminar on the web, hence Webinar sometimes referred to as webcasts, web conferences, workshops, or the one that I dislike the most, live trainings. That's not even good grammar, guys. Come on. Webinars are online video events in which a person or company will host a video presentation for a group of attendees who wish to learn something, acquire training, solve a problem, network together, or make a purchasing decision about a product or service, or a combination of all the above. Now, webinars can be split up into two different Camps. There's live webinars and there's evergreen webinars. Okay, so the the live webinar is where the host is live streaming to an audience and interacts with the audience in real time. In say the comments section, there's a live comments feed and the attendees can interact with one another and the host. Now, in an evergreen webinar, also called on demand webinar, the attendee can register to watch a pre-recorded video presentation. Now, there's nothing wrong with an evergreen webinar in and of itself because, in fact, evergreen webinars are really great tools because for the marketer, it's it's quite scalable. So you don't have to be there live in order to deliver a valuable presentation, especially if somebody's from a different time zone. If you're in Pacific time and you're going live, somebody from India cannot attend that live webinar without having to wake up at like two in the morning. And that's just not... That's just not reasonable. So evergreen webinars work really well for different time zones, for people who can't show up on your Wednesday live stream or your Monday morning live stream. Evergreen webinars have a really good place in your marketing arsenal and is mutually beneficial for you and your target audience. Now, if your webinar is live, you are allowed to market and present that. Webinar as live, as a truly live event. You could say, Hey, everyone, you know, Brad here, it's a Friday morning and we're going to talk about this. You know, thanks for showing up. You can call out the people in the audience, you can call out their names. It's a live event, it's exciting. However, if your webinar is pre recorded, it's paramount that you make that distinction in your marketing and your presentation. You do not say, Welcome to my live webinar, or wor- worse yet, Welcome to my live training and it's a pre-recorded presentation. You're duping people, you're lying to people and telling them that it is live. That's fu- if that happens, first of all, then you just you just cut and run, you get out of there right away. It's just it's dishonest and unethical from the start. Okay? Now, there, like I said, there's nothing wrong with the evergreen webinar in and of itself, but the problem is when the marketer makes it seem like the webinar is in fact live and in real time. Now, this has spawned a new term called the fakeinar which is simply a fake live webinar. Live webinars, good. Evergreen webinars, good, so long as they are marketed as each respective one, okay? Now, there are different formats for webinars. ConvertKit, uh, one of my favorite tools that I use for my email marketing, they wrote an article on their blog, and in the show notes and in the guide on the website, uh, I link to those different webinar formats. But in a nutshell, here are the 6 common formats with my own spin on them. There's the lead generation webinar, the JV webinar, the education webinar, the demo webinar, the Q&A webinar, and the sales webinar. So I'm going to jump into each of those now uh, and give you a brief description of each and then we'll keep going. So the lead generation webinar is where you offer a free webinar live or evergreen. To your audience as a method of growing your email list. A lot of online business owners, bloggers, you know startups, companies online, even offline brick and mortar shops who want to build an online following or email list can use the lead generation webinar. A standard you know run-of-the-mill lead gen strategy is to use what is called a lead magnet. and lead magnets can be free PDF checklists, white papers, ebooks, tools, you know, software demos, any of these sorts of things in exchange for an email, you, you've seen it, you've landed on somebody's website. And it says, Hey, enter your email, and I'll send you my six tips for cooking a great steak or something like that. And then you get that PDF. And then you're now on their email list. you're now elite. Okay. So that's what a lead magnet is. Now, a webinar is a way more valuable and interesting lead magnet than just say a PDF checklist that you might not even use. Whereas the webinar, and if we're going with this steak and cooking grilling metaphor I just kind of jumped into, maybe it's a live or pre-recorded webinar presentation on how to cook a really good steak on, a, you know, a charcoal grill. Now, the webinar is also going to build more trust More quickly because you get to interact with the person or if it's pre-recorded, you get to see the person, you get to listen to their voice, you get to hear their personality and you get to connect in a much more deeper, a much deeper way than just the PDF checklist. Okay. So the JV webinar, JV stands for joint venture webinar. And this is where you and another person or company co-host the webinar, typically for the purpose of collaboration, bringing outside authority and expertise and to gain exposure to a new audience. So I've done JV webinars in the past and it's essentially, it's a way for both of you to grow your list and expose one another to one another's audiences. So if you have somebody, if you're a designer and you know a developer who has a following online, uh, is influential or is growing their list as well, then you could both say, hey, let's do a joint venture webinar and we will teach design and development in one jam-packed awesome uh, webinar. And at the end we can sell like a bundle of our product or service or course or whatever it is and then split the revenue. That's essentially how a JV webinar works. Now the education webinar is the third in the list. is simply where you teach a concept or a topic to the attendees. There's no pitch, no sale, no close. It's just pure education. These are good for audience building, establishing trust and authority, within a niche, and just keeping current customers happy and engaged. It's just teaching in a live format. Now, the fourth is the demo webinar. This is where you demonstrate your software or product to your target audience with the intent of having them purchase or sign up for a free trial to the software at the end of the webinar. This is really popular with software as a service companies or SaaS companies who want to give their prospective customers a try before they buy sort of approach. So I'm going to use ConvertKit again. I don't know if they do demos, but essentially what it would be is on their landing page, you would see, hey, you want to, you know, get a demo of ConvertKit before you get started, sign up for a live demo webinar, and we'll walk through our, you know, our software and how you can use it in your own business. And then at the end, we'll give you a, you know, a coupon to try it for free or something like that. Now, the Q&A webinar, also known as the office hours webinar, there's a number of ways of approaching this, but it's a question and answer, question answer webinar where you rut- routinely host a live presentation in order to answer common questions from your audience, your customers or your students, if you have a course or something like that. Now, for a long time, I've personally been hosting a weekly office hours live is what I branded it as for my students in my launch course at Freelancing Freedom in order to answer their questions and to provide extra support and coaching in their freelance journeys. So every week for uh, about a year, maybe two years at this point, at the time of this recording, I've been doing a Thursday office hours live, hanging out with the students, answering their questions, pushing them forward, diving into their websites, tearing down, you know, uh, their their marketing and building it back up. It's been a lot of fun. So that's the Q and A webinar. Now, finally, the sales webinar. This is where you tell your story, introduce a problem, teach a core topic, then offer your product or service as the solution to the problem you presented at the top of the webinar. This is by far the most popular webinar format, as it is a direct revenue generator. Unfortunately, this is also the most controversial webinar format, as many have used the power of the sales webinar to generate profit in an unethical manner using shady tactics in order to get money from the attendees. So let's dig into the sales webinar. So why is it that most sales webinars follow the same format? Well, many sales webinars tend to use the same structure and format and I l- mean literally the exact same script and I'll get to what I mean by that in just a second here the reason you've probably noticed that most sales webinars use the same format is that proven structure and systems just work there is no need to reinvent the wheel when something just works just the same as when you were if you write an essay in high school it always follows the same format if you venture too far outside of the rules and the guidelines, then you're just going to have a mess or something way too clever and not clear at all. So structure and format and guidelines, they work. So you follow that. It's the same thing with the sales webinar. There's a process to sales in a webinar or on a phone or in person or on a web page. You follow that structure to help you achieve the end goal, which is to make a sale. That said, the format that every marketer seems to latch onto is losing effectiveness as it gains more popularity and widespread adoption. Basically, when every marketer looks, sounds, and acts the same, the marketplace and the prospective customers they notice the pattern and they ultimately become numb and tired of that format. And then it just becomes ineffective. And this leads the marketer to a crossroads. Direction one. Dig their heels in and find increasingly more unethical and shocking ways to sell so it could be in their advertisements they use shock value uh, pattern disruption lots of different psychological tricks which i'll dig into in this podcast and in the marketinghonestly.com website as we move forward it's very interesting study um, how marketers can use psychological tricks to disrupt the flow of your day and capture your attention and then hook you in and then keep you going now you can use that for good or bad purposes So that's option one, dig in the heels. Option two is pivot and try a new and creative way to sell. My suggestion personally is honest marketing, just being totally upfront and radically honest. Obviously with a structure and a format, you don't wanna just be totally loosey goosey because that's not gonna work. But using honesty as your marketing core, I think is gonna be one of the more effective ways, especially as we move forward through 2020 and beyond. Okay, so what about this script? That everyone seems to be using in their sales webinars. Well, it's called the perfect webinar script, which is a section or a chapter in a book written by Russell Brunson, a widely known internet marketer who's also the founder of ClickFunnels, a popular marketing funnel software. So before I go any further, I want to make it very clear that this is not a dig on Mr. Brunson or a software company. I actually have read his books, appreciated a lot of what he said, disagreed with a number of things that he says. And I'm also a customer of his software. Parts of it, I really appreciate and enjoy from a marketing standpoint, a usability standpoint and other, in other angles. I don't, you know, like certain aspects of it as well. Now with that out of the way, the perfect webinar script is a highly systemized and formulaic approach to sales webinars. There are many ways to approach sales webinars, and the perfect webinar script is just one of the ways, albeit a very popular way to approach the sales webinar. This script has become so widely adopted that I believe that nearly every sales webinar out there has been either directly or indirectly influenced by this script. Now I'm not going to dive into the entire webinar script here. Like I said, there's a whole book and chapter in that book dedicated to the topic. Feel free to go look for that if you wish. But in summary, the script everyone follows looks like this. There's an intro that typically lasts about five to 15 minutes. There's a training section. That's about 45 minutes, a transition, two minutes, A pitch 15 minutes and a close five minutes the the timeline or the duration i've kind of come up with myself based on me attending so many webinars studying webinars hosting webinars and it's typically this is the approach that the perfect webinar script tends to uh lean towards so the intro is lengthy 15 minutes starts with it starts with a bold promise you know, by the end of this webinar, you're going to learn X, Y, and Z. So that's the idea. You have to hook them in. You want to promise something interesting to keep them to the end. Now, in, to encourage keep people to stick to the end, you want to hook them by offering a free gift. So stay until the end, and I'll give you my free template or my free demo or my free freebie of some sort. But that's only for people who stick around to the end of the webinar. So that's another thing that you will do to encourage people to stick around and then introduce the core pain point that your target audience experiences and desires to have eradicated from their life. So, you know, something like you're probably struggling to lose weight and you've tried everything and you're ready to give up because nothing works. So that's introducing a pain point, kind of a belief system that somebody has. I can't do it. I'm not good enough. You know, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't solve this problem. And then you turn around and, and break that pattern and say, well, you can, and I'm going to show you how in this webinar. And then what you do is you launch into your personal introduction using the hero's journey narrative. Now, I've linked to the hero's journey narrative. Uh, just If you just Google hero's journey and check out the Wikipedia article, it's just like a narrative that people have been using up and down the centuries for telling stories um, about the hero. But you position yourself as the hero here, and you take yourself on the journey. And so there's a whole storyline that you have to craft about your own hero's journey and so that people will have empathy for you. Uh, and will want to listen to you because you are presented as the authoritative and hero in the story.
1: I was once where you are, sad and poor, but now I'm rich and happy.
0: And it also positions yourself as the expert. You know, I was where you are now. Maybe I was overweight and struggling to lose weight, or I was addicted to this, or I didn't have any money, or the common one that you'll hear everyone use is, I was poor and broke, I was a loser, you know, I was in debt, but now I'm super rich, and I have the secret, and I'm gonna give it to you. So that's the idea with the intro. The intro lasts a very long time. Sometimes you'll hear people, say uh they'll try and make it seem like they're doing something different so they'll try and trick you into saying like
1: every other marketer in this time of the webinar will share their origin story so that you can love them but i will spare you the details and jump right into the goods now listen to my origin story and love me
0: the intro, it is important. You want to encourage people to listen, to stick around, to not get bored. It's, it's hard to keep people's attention. So the hero's journey is a tried and true sort of method for people to listen and to get hooked in. And so that's not necessarily a bad thing, but like I said, it's tired. People always do it. Usually the story is inauthentic. People are just following a script and just plugging in and playing like a Mad Libs style. And it just sounds, it just sounds inauthentic. All right, now the next portion is the training section.
1: Excuse me, chap, I believe you meant to say live trainings.
0: No, I actually meant to say training.
1: Trainings.
0: No, training, there's no S, it's not, you don't pluralize training. Live trainings. Okay, can we just stop and just get on with the training section?
1: Yes, of course, you can get on with the live trainings
0: section. (laughs) Typically 30 to 45 minutes, uh, and basically what you do is you introduce a core topic called the one thing. And then you break the one thing into three sections or secrets or tips or hacks, whatever you want to do. You have one big thing and you break it into three sections and those are your teaching points. So let's say the one thing is how to land your first client. Secret number one is, let's say, finding the problem your client suffers with. Secret number two is creating your offer to solve the problem. And secret number three is marketing that offer and landing your client. So those are the three secrets. So you get your one thing, land your first client, and you break it up into three sections. And that's what you teach on. So it's a really good format for structuring your how you want to teach something in a sales webinar. Okay. Now with every step of the webinar, the goal is to facilitate audience participation. Here's another sort of um, uh, psychological trigger. I'm not a psychologist, so I don't really know. I can't really recall what this is called, but basically it's like a positive affirmation where when you get people to say yes, when you encourage them to say yes, when you ask them questions that give positive reactions, it, the theory is that the more they say yes to these small things, they're going to end up saying yes to a big thing at the end, AKA your product or your service. Like, so this is just, it's just a psychological uh, tool and it can be used for good or for bad. Uh, more often than not, it's used, you know, for the betterment of the host who's selling something rather than the attendee who may not be realize may not realize that they're being put through a system. Like I said, you have if you're trying to make a living and you're trying to sell something, you can't just lead and say,
1: Hey there, folks! If you struggle with the ungainly angle, you can buy my soap and wash it away. But what do you say? You want to buy it?
0: never going to work. You actually have to do a dance. It's like a tango, but you, you need to be really careful with these tools because as marketers, we have access at our fingertips, a lot of tips, tricks, tools, psychological uh, maneuvers that we can do. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of people use that for the, at the, at the, for the betterment of the seller and not the buyer, if that makes sense. So that's the training section. And the key is that you don't give away too much in the training section. Now I agree and disagree with this. I'm going to get into it in a little bit here, but I agree in the sense that if you just give everything away, then there's not much purpose. One, you're just going to end up taking way too long. Like your training section is not going to be 30 or 45 minutes. If you're really going deep into the process, you're not going to be able to get the webinar to about an hour to 90 minutes. It's going to last way too long and then people are going to get bored. They're going to screw off and they're not going to listen and you will never get to the to selling your product or service. What I also see is that people give away too little and it's, it's meant as a psychological trigger to make you, to open up a curiosity loop that needs to be closed. And the only way it can be closed is by buying the product. And that again is by design. Open the curiosity loop, which is, You know, how do you find the problem? So if your one thing is how to land your first client secrets, number one is find the problem. You give them just enough to open the curiosity loop, but you don't close it. And then you give them just enough about creating the offer, but you don't close it. You give them just enough about marketing your offer and making money, but you don't close it. So uh, that is designed to make you want to, to, to feel like you need to close that curiosity loop. How do I market? How do I create the offer? How do I find the problem? And then you have to buy the product or service. So I think that that's unethical because you said you were going to teach them how to do it, but you're not actually teaching them how to do it. I've also heard it said the training section is the why or the what, and the product is the how. I agree with that in a sense that, again, you can't give them everything in a 45-minute training section. It's going to be very, um, either you're going to gloss over too much or you're going to ramble on way too long, but you are... Uh, you you need to be able to, to, show, to actually do what you said you're going to do. If you're going to teach them how to land your first client, teach them how to do it. But then your product or your service is how to take it further, how to repeat that process and how to make it more sustainable rather than a one-shot knockout. Does that make sense? Okay, so moving on to the transition. So the transition is usually about two minutes. And this is a famous part from teaching to selling. Everyone feels awkward in the transition. You can tell when people are really awkward about the transition. It's this really uncomfortable switch from, hey, we're casual, we're teaching, and now all of a sudden I need to ask something from you. Uh, The more you do the transition, the less awkward it is, but essentially it's the the transition from the training to the pitch. And this is the part that most marketers hate doing because it's awkward and it can break the flow of your webinar. And this is where people start to drop off the webinar, especially if they didn't see the pitch coming and they never do see it coming unless they have attended so many webinars, they recognize the pattern, they hear the transition and they cut and run, okay? So the way most marketers approach the transition is by asking a question such as, why did you show up today? Would you like to know how to implement the three secrets that you learned today? How would it feel? Think about that, this is a a key. How would you feel if you had the one thing in X, Y, Z time. So how would it feel to lose 180 pounds in three days? You know, like they something outrageous. How would it feel to be your own boss, live on your own terms and make a million dollars in seven days? Just imagine that feeling. So it's conjuring up this sort of like nice feeling of, whoa, that would be so amazing. And it's kind of hypnotic in nature. Uh, and then that is your how you smooth yourself into the to to the pitch. So you go, well, it would feel good, wouldn't it? Well, that's why I'm here. And then now's the pitch. It's about fifteen minutes long. I've actually seen pitches last up to an hour long, which is incredib- incredible incredible uh, in a, not a good way. Uh, and you present the product or service as a solution to the main problem to your audience's experience. Your product is the fast track method for implementing the three secrets you presented in the training section. A pitch is a pitch. You know, a pitch is uncomfortable. A pitch is you asking money from someone and selling something. Yes, I get it. Not everybody likes the pitch. I'm okay with the pitch and I pitch things all the time. But there's a way to do it honestly and ethically, and without like all of the gunky sleeves. That's layered over top, and there's a way to do it with lots of slicky sleeves. Okay.
1: Did you just say slicky sleeves? Well, that's the name of my new product. It's all about making your life better by getting rich.
0: What you want to do in the pitch is to show the solution. Don't just talk about it. Show, don't tell. I agree include testimonials and past customer results so that's key that's called social proof that's showing people that it does in fact work here's the thing though not everybody tells the truth about this they will cherry pick the people who are succeeding it's called i think it's called confirmation bias another psychological trick that is showing that hey it seems like everybody's succeeding but maybe only one percent of the people succeed with your solution and so you're just showing the people who are winning And so it makes people think that it does, in fact, always work. So that's dishonest and therefore unethical. But you need to include testimonials and past customer results. And you see it all the time. Products, services, you see it on Airbnb reviews. You want to see the reviews to see, does this work? Is this what I want? And now it's time for the value stack. It's the value stack. But essentially, the value stack is to show how valuable your solution is compared to the price the attendees will pay. So for example, your core product is, let's say, uh, $1,997 in value. And then bonus number one is $497 in value. And then the super bonus number two is $1,997 value. Then the extra training number three is $4,997. And then the total value is just shy of $10,000. So you've seen that. Total value, $10,000, but here's the trick, you pay only, and then you show your price. It's a value stack. How do you determine each value in the value stack? Well, it's as simple as just choosing arbitrary prices. You just make the number up. That's, that's the honest truth. You just, if you have an extra bonus and you don't actually sell that thing, but you want to throw it into your pitch just to make the pitch seem more, the solution seem more valuable. You just make up a number, bundling all of your extra value together to equal 10 times the value of the actual price you're asking. I've also heard that in the value stack, if you want to approach it more ethically. So let's say I'm selling you something. I'm selling you a course and it's $1,000. And then I say, but I'm also going to give you an hour of coaching. And if you charge an hourly rate of $200, so they got a $200 value. That is an honest number. It's not a lie. If you were to buy my coaching for an hour, it would be $200. And I'm also going to throw in my uh, free year of the of you know this subscription, which is normally a hundred dollars. Okay, then that's not a lie. Perfect, that's an extra hundred dollar value. And I'm also going to send you a book with no shipping, no handling, just totally free, and that's a thirty dollar value. Okay, so you're not lying about this. But the 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 idea with the value stack is to for it to be effective for you to need to even use it. The rule of thumb that people follow is that it should be 10 times the value of the price you pay. So if it's a ten thousand dollar value in the value stack, you then say, but you pay only $997. Because it's another psychological trick that says, Whoa, look at all that value I'm getting for only a tenth of the price. Right? It's a value stack. So that's the pitch. Now, there's so much more that goes into the pitch, but that's the idea breaking it down into just some bullet points. Now, here comes the close. So the pitch is where you pitch the product. You ask for the sale. The close is where you close the sale. And that's another thing. You want to, you open that loop, you want to close it. And so this is the end of the webinar. It's usually about five minutes, 10 minutes where you give one final push for the sale. It's the hard sell. Typically, there's a short countdown timer with some time for Q&A while the clock ticks down. So like, you'll see a 15 minute timer show up on the screen. And I, I've used this countless times. And a couple of years ago, it worked really, really well. When I would do a live webinar and I'm actually closing down the webinar and the sale ends in 15 minutes, it works beautifully. Nowadays, not so much because people usually sell now in the follow-up sequence, which I think is actually more effective. This actually worked in the past, but people still use it. They'll have a short countdown timer with Q&A, and they'll sell hard by using the two choices method, the two route method. You have two choices, the old way and the new way, or the slow way and the fast way. The old way is the slow way. It's the way you've always done it. And how has that worked out for you, Bob?
1: Why are you bringing me into this?
0: Well, it hasn't. It's why you're still in your miserable position, right? In so many words, the new way is the fast way. It's the product or service that you're offering in the webinar. And you say, this is the way the fast track method. And that can be true or that can be false. But again, that's usually up to the distinction of the marketer and far too often it's not the truth. Now, what you wanna do is you give them a last chance to join on the spot, typically with a discount for live attendees. Again, this could be true or this can be false. You could say for the next five minutes, you can save 500 bucks on, the, on, this, uh, on this deal, on this product, but you have to buy in the next five minutes. Now, if you're telling the truth, there's nothing wrong with that. It is a bit hard, it's a bit of a, a hard sell, but hey, I mean, if you're being honest, then fine. The thing though, is a lot of people will say in the next five minutes, this discount goes away you wait till five minutes after the webinar and you try that coupon code, I bet you it'll still work. So that's that's kind of how you close. And then you say thank you with a link to the access, their free gift, the hook that you offered in the introduction. There it is. The tried and true sales webinar format used by millions, probably millions, maybe hundreds of thousands of marketers up and down the web. Now I've used a variation of this webinar format on many occasions, sometimes resulting in great success, other times not so much. But you may be wondering, is this sales webinar format ethical?
1: Welcome to another edition of Is It Honest Though? The game show that digs into the latest and greatest tactics used by internet marketers across the world so that you, the public, knows, is this tactic honest though?
0: Because let's be honest, some of those tactics sound pretty shady, don't they? Well, that's because some of those tactics are intentionally manipulative. Because there's a lot of underlying psychological jujitsu happening beneath the surface. So here's my take on it. Like many marketing and sales tactics, using a proven formula is not inherently evil or immoral. The determining factor is the intention behind the use of said formula. If you're using the formula in order to lie and deceive your audience into purchasing a lousy product or service, then you're actually doing damage to that person, you're acting unethically. On the flip side you can also use the formula to genuinely serve your audience and be transparent about your sales pitch yes you're still selling something yes you're still asking for money yes you're still using a formula but if you're being honest about it and you're not deceiving anyone and you actually have a genuinely good product or service to sell at the end that can do what you said it can then hey not so bad right think of the kung fu master the martial art itself is not evil it can't be it's just the art however the master can choose to use the art in evil ways so just because the formula is proven or a script is quote-unquote perfect it doesn't mean it's a one-size-fits-all approach that will work for your business and it doesn't mean that it's unethical but how you use it can be unethical so rigidly sticking to a formula makes you look and sound like everyone else It's so boring, unoriginal, obvious, and makes you come across as inauthentic. The reason Mr. Brunson can pull off the perfect webinar script so well is because it's his idea. Seriously, if you watch one of his webinars, just see how hard it is not to buy his offering, even if you've never heard of it before. He follows the formula to a T and nails it every single time. The guy knows how to connect, Tell the story, sell his stuff, and make you thank him for it when he's done. It's brilliant. And then he teaches that strategy to everyone else. This ultimately increases his authority and his ability to sell related products and services to his audience. It's marketing brilliance, okay? Some people think that the following phrase, you've probably heard this phrase. Some people think that this phrase means you're creating your own competition. Give a man a fish and you feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish, and you feed him for a lifetime. But nay, the expert marketer knows that
1: if you teach a man to fish, why, you can sell him fishing gear.
0: But I digress. Rules and formulas are uh, are not necessarily unethical. The rules are in place to show you what works. Rather, the intention behind the use of such formulas is what determines if something is unethical. Again, think of our Kung Fu master. The Kung Fu formula is not evil, but the master can choose to be. So let's get this straight. If this classic formula for a sales webinar is not inherently bad, but the formula is tired and overused, often for negative, unethical, and evil ways, how should we approach our sales webinars moving forward, especially in light of marketinghonestly.com? I say, break the rules and spice things up with honesty. Pablo Picasso said, learn the rules like a pro so you can break them like an artist. As a marketer, formulas are your friend as they provide you with a structure that just works. There's no need to reinvent the wheel and try to be clever. At its core, the sales webinar formula is very simple. You got the intro, you got the teaching section, you got the pitch and you got the close. That's it. Four sections. Mr. Brunson simply uses that standard flow and injects it with micro detail about exactly what to say, how to say it and when to say it at every stage. The problem is when marketers accept this approach as gospel and then every sales webinar ends up sounding the same with the same words at the same time and the same timing, the same graphics, the same slides, the same pitch. And then marketers are left wondering why their webinars just don't work anymore. So my recommendation is simple. Use the classic sales formula as a guideline, intro, teach, pitch, close, but not gospel. And then break the rules and spice things up with honesty and originality. Don't be afraid to experiment and royally screw it up. You can keep going. So what would happen if you flipped the script upside down? What if you let your audience know you were going to offer them something right at the beginning? At the beginning of the webinar, what if you let them know that at the end of the webinar, you're going to sell them something and ask them, is that okay? What if you gave away too much for free? What if you did the opposite? Everyone says, don't give away too much for free. What if you said, screw it, I'm going to give away way too much for free and see what happens? What if you didn't pitch anything at all in the webinar and then saved it for a follow-up email to those who actually stuck around to the end, therefore increasing your, your purchase rate? What if you just tore the script up and kept it casual, right? What if you just did something radically different? Than what everybody else is doing remember following structure can be good as it can prevent you from rambling going off on tangents and maintaining your audience's t- attention but allow yourself some flexibility to be yourself so my rule of thumb is to look at what everyone else is doing and then do something radically different marketing honestly is exactly that too many online marketers opt for deception trickery and flimflamery, and i'm just doing the exact opposite and laying it all out there for you to see so here's what I recommend. If I can give you like a marketing, honestly, sales webinar format and to, to try in your next sales webinar, try something like this. So like I said, intro, teach, transition, pitch, Q&A. So here, th- th- these are my sections. The intro, keep it five minutes. Keep it short. Greeting, introduce yourself, scrap the lengthy origin story. Okay, don't do it. Why are you qualified to teach your topic? Hey, my name Brad. I've been freelancing since 2009, full-time since 2012. I've uh, I've done pretty well with it. I'm not an expert in certain areas, but hey, I'm probably a few steps ahead of you and I think I can help. It's pretty honest, right? It's not the, the glamorous origin story that I could go into, but hey, that's enough. Be honest about what your audience can expect. I'm going to teach you X, show you how to do Y, and then if you want my help with these things, I'm going to offer you a uh, product at the end that's going to help you do it. Sound good? Can I have your permission to do that? Cool. Awesome. It's my webinar anyway. I'll do what I want. So <laughs> it's like, be honest, be straight up and tell them what they can expect right to the end. Give your audience the option of accessing your call to action at any point during the webinar, not the last 15 minutes like most sales webinars. Put the button at the bottom, right under the webinar. Hey, by the way, at the end, I'm going to sell a product. It's right there. I'm not going to hide anything. There's no smoke and mirrors. You can check it out right now while I'm talking. And then introduce the big idea your webinar is focused around. So what's the big idea? You have to have a core idea that ties the whole webinar together. It's typically your title and your promise. By the end of the webinar, you're going to be able to achieve X, Y, and Z. And you need to actually be able to deliver on that promise in the webinar, not, you know, some uh, like lofty promise that's totally intangible. Now you want to teach something, keep it short, 30 minutes, 10 minutes, a point. So three main teaching points, all centered around your big idea, actually teach something valuable, juicy, and tangible. Don't just tease the topic and save the solution for your paid offering. Actually teach something rule of thumb, serve your audience generously and unapologetically. If you think it's too much. Great. That's what I say. Some marketing experts will say, give away too much for free in this section is going to discourage your audience from making a purchase. I disagree. If your paid offering is actually valuable and will genuinely make your audience's life better, they'll buy it regardless of how much you give away. Yes, you'll probably lose some sales here, but those are the people who are going to end up refunding anyway because they were duped or they realized they're not a good fit for your product. You were just really good at uh, encouraging them to purchase. I've seen that when I've pushed hard and I've made more sales, I've typically lost those sales by the by day 29 on the refund window because they realized, yeah, I didn't want this in the first place. You were just really good at selling. So if you're just honest, you're gonna lo- you're just not gonna get those sales in the first place, and that just means your refund rate is gonna be much lower and your happiness, customer happiness, is gonna skyrocket. Transition. You got to transition into the pitch, okay. Keep it simple. Keep it one minute. Keep it short. Let your audience know that they've got what they need to work on solving the problem themselves. Hey, I just taught you the three things, uh, you know, the, the templates below. You can download it for free. I'm going to send it to you afterwards. So don't worry about it. You don't have to stick around to the end for the free gift. I'll email it to you uh, and you can get started on this. It's great. That's, that's one option to do it. But I'm also, I'm running a business here and I need to sell something in order to stay afloat and to feed the family. So uh, I'm going to give you an option to do this faster or to do this more efficiently or to have me do it for you there's nothing, you know, there's nothing wrong with going the DIY route. That's why I did the webinar. But if you want my help, that's why I'm here. Okay. Tell them if they need extra assistance solving the problem, if they want someone to take care of it for them, you're positioned to do exactly that. All right. Now the pitch, 10 minutes, keep it short because it's not about the pitch in the webinar that matters. It's about the follow-up as well in the emails, but you want to pitch in the webinar to let people know what's up. Introduce your offering as the done with you or done for you solution. Remember, they can always do it themselves. You just taught them how to do it themselves. But your offer is the done with you or done for you solution, or maybe it's software. So it kind of depends. It's the, it's the better version of doing it themselves, whatever that looks like. Provide features and benefits as they relate to your audience. Don't just say, Hey, it's got 10 modules. It's 20 hours long. Tell them why that matters and make it relevant to them. Show, don't tell. I agree with that. Show the thing. Don't talk about it relevant and real testimonials, find the real testimonials, get real testimonials from real customers and be okay. Sharing like the, the, like the not so glamorous ones as well. I mean, if you got bad testimonials from people who are just trying to hurt your reputation, that's one that's maybe not good marketing material, but also know that the three-star review people are going to trust that because it's honest. Hey, it was really good. I thought he rambled on a little bit much in the first module, but hey, he actually sent me an email and said he would fix that, and so I'm actually pretty happy about that. Uh, So far, I'm doing okay with the course. Uh, I'd I'd like a little bit more speed on this, but hey, so far, I'm pretty happy. You know, not a glamorous review, but hey, it's honest, and people will trust that more than the one who says, this is amazing, so-and-so is so amazing, and I'm so happy, and it's perfect, and you should always, always say yes to whatever he sells you, right? Show them how to get started, And then an option here is just omit the pitch entirely and just pitch them in a follow-up email, okay? Keep the pitch short, keep it honest, keep it straight to the point, uh, or you can just omit it and pitch them in an email, in an automated follow-up email. And then leave the last 10 minutes or 15 minutes for Q&A. Answer your audience questions, closing remarks, provide any free downloads or next steps, remind them of the call to action, and then peace out, okay? That's what I say. That's my recommendation, the Marketing Honestly Sales webinar format. It's pretty straightforward. It follows the structure. It's a bit more loose and it's more relaxed and super honest, okay? And be yourself. Now, to round off the end of this episode here, this was a beefy episode. I know that I said... Uh, you know, near the top of the, uh, when I launched the show that I keep these short form, I just simply couldn't keep this topic short form. It it's a, it's a big topic and I wanted to do its due diligence, which is also why I wrote a guide at marketinghonestlycom slash guides. It's also going to be in the show notes. So I'll get me, make sure that you'll get access to that guide. I'm going to close off here with some trusted tools for hosting a webinar, but I'm going to go a little bit different of a route here. There's lots of software out there. You can Google it if you want, but I'm going to give you a place to start. All you need to deliver an effective, honest, and profitable sales webinar is practice, some live streaming software, your message, using the structure I just let you know about, or some form of it, a way for your audience to comment and interact, a product or service to sell, and a way for your audience to buy. You can do all of that for either free or pretty cheap. Okay, If you want to host a sales webinar for free, you can simply use YouTube Live or Facebook Live, that's it. Both YouTube and Facebook allow you to create live stream events that will notify registrants when you're about to go live. Now, you can't collect email addresses, send follow-up sequences and sales pitches after the after the YouTube Live because you don't have their email, but if you do collect the email using, say, ConvertKit, if you sign up for ConvertKit, they have uh, free landing pages. You can collect email addresses for your free webinar, and then in the email, you can send them a link to your YouTube live. So again, this is all free. Now, if you'd like to take it a step further, I've done this before. You can code up a simple web page, or have somebody who knows how to do this with HTML and CSS, with the embedded live stream, the live comment section, and the call to action button. That's it. It's just like a live web, like a web page that's coded up on your on your website for your live stream. You don't need fancy software, you just need a way to live stream, you need your message, you need some practice, people to comment and interact, and a way for people to buy. Sell your product using whatever, however you sell, whether it's booking a call and then selling over the phone and collecting money over the phone, a PayPal invoice, if you wanna go real bootstrapped, you know, or you can use tools, which I'm gonna tell you about right now. So if you're using an email marketing tool like ConvertKit, you can create an automated webinar follow-up sequence to share the webinar replay and pitch your offering in an email i totally encourage that because sales are going to happen in the follow-up not always the live webinar now if you want to pay for some software to take care of everything for you so you don't have to string things together there's some awesome tools out there i'm not going to list them all out okay but i'll share with you my recommendations that i've used as both a host and an attendee my first recommendation would be crowdcast crowdcast the links in the show notes it's affiliate link so i am affiliated with crowdcast Um, and if you do sign up for a paid plan, I will get a commission and that's how affiliate marketing works. It's a way to generate revenue for recommending products. It's no cost to you, no extra cost to you. It's the same purchase. Crowdcast will just send me like a thank you commission. Now that could mean that I'm being dishonest about my recommendation. Uh, and that's a lot of the times what happens with affiliate marketing, but I'm hoping you can take my word for it here and say, and, and trust that I've actually used Crowdcast For years, I'm still a customer and uh, I love their live streaming tool and Honesty is at the center and Integrity is at the center of their product as well. So really great tool, Crowdcast, check it out in the show notes. Demio, is I've never used it as a uh, host, but I've used it as a customer and really love the experience. I tried the demo of Demio, but as a customer, I really love the experience. And then of course, everyone uses Zoom nowadays. Um, People know how to use it. So use what people know how to use. In conclusion, sales webinars are powerful list builders and possible revenue generators, but with great power comes great responsibility. And here at Marketing Honestly, I want to equip you with the knowledge and tools to use these marketing strategies like sales webinars in an honest and ethical manner so you can grow your business, serve your audience, and sleep at night knowing that you're not scamming anyone out of their livelihoods. So thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. Head to marketinghonestly.com to check out the guide. If you want to download the PDF version, you can also check it out in the show notes. I really appreciate your, your time. If you listened all the way to the end of this podcast, I apologize that it took so long. Uh, this episode was so long, but I just had to do it because it is a very important topic. Thank you so much. Share the episode with a friend and I'll catch you next time. Well, friends, that's it for today. Thanks for the chat. If you like what I'm doing here at Marketing Honestly, you can show your support by subscribing to the show, leaving a review, sharing with a friend, or heading to marketinghonestly.com for more radical ways to build an ethical online business without the hype. Thank you for listening. My name is Brad Hussey and remember, honesty is the best marketing.